What's up, guys? Matt Brown here with Brett Colson, going to bring you the Week 10 Circa podcast. Going to run through our picks that we're going to put on the lines.com card this week again as always these are the lines you are seeing on the lines that are current right now and of course if you want to see the current lines in jersey and pennsylvania and indiana and west virginia we've got this handy dandy little toggle thing up here that said these are not necessarily the lines we are going to be able to play with in this contest so we will on the screen you see right now these are the lines that are actually provided to us by circa that uh whenever they put these lines out these are just fixed throughout the rest of the contest so these are the lines we have to play with if we uh whenever we put in picks this week so just if you're if you're looking at this and we're talking about a line that might seem stale to you that might seem a little bit uh off the reason for that is because we have to play the lines that are provided to us brett looking here across the uh across the the landscape this week of course we didn't play the thursday game but if you guys did watch the thursday video we did pick all of the winners in that one raiders over and over on a prop bet as well uh so that one and a half would have gotten home for us but chiefs five and a half point favorites browns three point favorites bucks four and a half point favorites giants two point favorites saints 13 point favorites ravens 10 point favorites packers five and a half point favorites bears two and a half point favorites colts 10 point favorites rams three and a half point favorites cowboys three point favorites and then the 49ers come in as six point favorites again those are all provided to us by circa and those are the lines that we have to play you can see on your screen if you're watching this if you're listening over podcast format uh, some of these lines certainly have changed the saints are now 14 point favorites over at DraftKings. over the falcons you can see the ravens have moved to 10 and a half point favorites over the Bengals. you can see as we scroll down a little bit further here chiefs dolphins chiefs moved yeah Actually, 11 and a half to 12 and a half point dogs, Brett. The Dolphins all the way to 12 and a half point dogs over at FanDuel. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And uh, it'll it'll make our conversation in a little bit a little more interesting. Definitely will. Uh, Steelers (laughs) have moved to four point favorites. I mean, four point dogs. Uh, over on DraftKings as well. And you can see the uh, San Francisco 49ers now have moved to six and a half point favorites in that Monday night football showdown. But let's get things started and kick things off here with the play that is definitely going to make our card because one, one, it was my must make and two, it was actually a pick that we both agree on. And that is the Bucks is four and a half point favorites over the Cardinals. Uh, we kind of previewed this a little bit on our podcast, Brett, on, on Wednesday, but when we took a look I mean, on on yeah on Wednesday, but when we take uh, Thursday, sorry, uh, Thursday. whenever we take a look at this game here, this Bucks team has been a little bit of a victim of some bad luck. I think that this team is certainly much better than their record uh, shows, much better than their record appears here, and I think that there's no questioning. Whenever you and I really, you know, whenever you t- kind of take a look at what you get from this offense, I mean. You know, this is a good, productive pass offense. I mean, Jameis Winston, you have to kind of know whenever you go into betting a Bucks game that you're going to get kind of a bonehead, one bonehead turnover by Jameis Winston. And that's kind of factored in every single time that ever I, I, I go to back the Bucks. But um, you, they have two really stud horse wide receivers in Mike Evans and 
in Chris Godwin. They're getting OJ Howard back this week as well. Another thing that you can take in into account here that I think people are overvaluing what Patrick Peterson coming back brings to this Cardinal secondary. He looks kind of out of shape to me. I was watching him. He was he got torched all over the field by Emmanuel Sanders and what and I just uh kind of look at this and think that uh, this this Cardinals secondary still isn't quite up to form. I mean, I think he needs to get in game shape, probably still take another couple of weeks to get him really fully back into game shape as well. Brett, I guess the only thing for me that gave me a little bit of pause here and we can get your opinion on why this made your card as well is just the fact that one, there is turnover factor and we know for sure. I mean, you can basically, we can definitely chalk up one Jameis turnover the problem becomes if that one becomes three, because we've certainly seen games where we have three Jameis turnovers. And if that's the case, it could be too much for this team to overcome for sure. And two, the only other thing that gave me pause as well is as bad as the Cardinals secondary has been, the Bucks secondary has been equally as bad. And if the Bucks kind of get into this, this uh, trading of scoring here, Jameis pulls one of his crazy bonehead fumbles or interceptions or something like that. And that might be just enough to get it to where they're not able to cover against this Cardinals team. Yeah, that that Jameis backbreaker is always looming. But I still think this line is at least a point off, given where it opened last week at Tampa minus six and a half. And the ways the Bucs have have failed to cover or push each of the past two weeks. We talked about that fraud loss to the Titans a couple weeks ago. And then last week, forcing overtime against the Seahawks after Jason Myers missed that 40-yard field goal, and the Hawks scoring the touchdown in overtime to end it. They deserve to cover both of those games. If they cover those games, this line's probably, what, six? So I think there's some line value here with the Bucs. This team can attack this Arizona pass funnel with Chris Godwin and Howard, like you said, just coming back into the lineup, and then force Kyler Murray to beat you with long throws. They haven't done a whole lot of that this year. It's been a lot of stuff close to the line of scrimmage, and that's where this Bucks defense is so good against the run. And, you know, the, the way the Cardinals offense operates, a lot of their run game is just, you know, the, the, the pass game is actually just an, an, uh, an attachment or, you know, part of the, the run game. So right. I, I don't like the matchup here for Arizona. And once again, I think we're getting a good side in the contest with a, a, lot, of, a lot of bets coming in on Arizona right now. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks pass blocking is actually pretty good. Uh, kind of it's in the upper half of the league whenever we take a look at kind of how this thing breaks down as far as uh, pro football focus ratings. And then whenever we kind of take a look at pass rush and where the you know, where this could kind of get after. Uh, kind of get after Jameis Winston. The only other problem is, is the Cardinals actually are in top 12 in pass rush in the league right now. So that that also gave me a little bit of pause in all of this, but uh, way down at 30th in the league, according to Pro Football Focus, when it comes to coverage grade here. Mm-hmm. So this secondary is certainly able to get lit up. And uh, as you said, Brett, I think that this Bucks team certainly a little bit better than their record indicates here. And we're probably getting a little bit of value because they haven't been able to get it done uh, a couple different times this year when I think that they probably should have, especially when you dig into the box score in some of these games. That one hurt last week. We had, yeah, we had that five one and a half. That one, that one stung. That one stuck. That one sucked. There is no doubt about <laughs> that. Uh, all right. So let's get to your must make. Your must make Steelers plus three and a half. If you guys are looking, if you're watching on video right now, you will see that the Steelers plus three and a half at home against the visiting Rams who are, uh, you know, listen, been kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team so far this year. 
Yeah, and I still feel like the Rams' success from last year is built into their price here. Plus, you know, their last two games, they've won in dominant fashion against two bad teams, the Bengals and the Falcons. So there's some steam coming in on L.A. here, and we're seeing a lot of bets on the Rams. But that that doesn't really tell the whole story. This is a very different team than it was last year when they were able to protect Jared Goff. He's only been sacked 12 times this year, but he has been pressured more than any other quarterback in the league. He has the second-worst adjusted completion rate uh, in the NFL when under pressure, and that number is even worse on the road. Where he heads this week to Pittsburgh, that team's back in the playoff hunt. This is not going to be a friendly environment for Goff, who relies on his offensive coordinator and head coach to call in plays from the sideline. I think he's going to get rattled again. This reminds me a lot of the Rams-Bears game last year because Pittsburgh right now, the number one pass rush in the NFL, and they can get pressure on a quarterback from all angles. I don't see how the Rams get any consistent offense uh, going in this game. No Brandon Cooks this week. They haven't been able to run the football all season. I think the Steelers just win this game with defense and do just enough offensively to move the chains, win this game. I think they could win this game outright. I really like Pittsburgh getting the points uh, at home this week, and I think they're a good contest play uh, as well. I think the Rams are going to be popular. Yeah, Rams are actually taking money. This line, as you can see, uh, is moved to four in favor of the Rams at three of the books that we track and probably going to get there at FanDuel as well as it's juiced to 120 right now if you want the three and a half. I would probably actually take the other side of this one had it made my card. I did not make my card here. Uh, I think it's a pretty big thing with James Conner not being out there for this Steelers team. So really having no semblance of a run game whatsoever. And if you're going to tell me that, that, that Mason Rudolph as a one-dimensional player is going to be good enough to beat this Rams team, I would probably say that that's not going to be the case here. I mean, Jalen Samuels filled in, but he caught a bunch of balls but couldn't get anything going on the ground whatsoever. I expect that to be the case yet again this week with uh, that front four there for this Rams team, the addition, of course, uh, in the secondary there of Jalen Ramsey uh, can can certainly eliminate Juju Smith-Schuster from this offense as well. Uh, I actually think the Rams win this game handily, but uh, not going to not going to make the card. Didn't make the card, so it will make our card on the other side here for your must make. It's a winner. Don't worry about it. I would uh, <laughs> I would probably book you. Uh, I would probably book that one up to uh, a, a decent amount of money that you wanted to play. Actually, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that off air. Um, so let's talk about the one that we, we do have one that we are on the opposite side of here. So that one will get tossed out and will not make the card here. And that is this Ravens and Bengals game. If you are looking on if you're watching along on video here. This one is sitting at Ravens minus 10, Bengals plus 10 here, actually getting the worst of the number depending on which way you wanted to go about this. On Brett's side, getting the worst of the number. On my side, getting the best of the number. It has moved to 10.5 at DraftKings FanDuel and over here at Sugar House as well. Um, Brett, I'll let you kick things off here with why you liked the Bengals, and then I'll let you know why the Ravens side was, was my choice here. Yeah, well, you know I love my backup quarterbacks versus the market. Here we have Ryan Finley getting his first start at home in a division game with an extra week of rest and preparation with the ones. Another thing I like here, we can sell the Ravens at what is their highest price point of the season. They won uh, against the Patriots in primetime. A lot of people watched that game. I don't think a lot of people are going to click this game 
at all on either side, but nobody's clicking the Bengals, so I really like them as a contest play here. This is just a lot of points for, for a road team to cover in a rivalry game, and the extra rest is just icing on the cake for a Bengals team that I think is going to be up for this one. I honestly think they are going to be rejuvenated with the extra rest and a new quarterback. Uh, I, I think this is a great spot. I think this is way too many points. Yeah, I mean, no A.J. Green. He didn't even want to get back on the field for this team. He's yeah. he's cashed out on on this team as well. He has, I mean, there's no good receivers on this team at all. It's a fourth-round rookie that we're talking about here. Uh, Cincinnati, last in the league in rushing yard differential per game. They are, they have given up. Uh, you know they're they're uh, giving up the most amount of yard of rush of rushes of five or more yards, the most amount of rushes of ten or more yards in the league. And oh, who's the number one rushing team in the league? It just happens to be this Baltimore Ravens team, who has gone out there and absolutely destroyed every single team that they have faced this year on the ground, including the Patriots, who I did not think was going to happen last week at all. Went over two hundred yards against those guys as well, averaging over two hundred yards a game rushing this Bengals team cannot stop the run that's what that this that's what this uh Ravens team does the absolute best and um this is uh this is going to be a bloodbath here uh, the secondary has gotten much much better they got back Jimmy Smith they traded uh, I mean they they got they got back Jimmy Smith they were able to move Marlon Humphrey over over to the slot so he's now taking care and manning the slot as well traded for Marcus Peters so he's out there as well so if you kind of look at what this team has done over the last three games which is one after they traded for Peters and then just just last game is when they got Jimmy Smith back over the last three games they've allowed and this is includes Tom Brady as quarterback only six yards per pass attempt as well and if you think that that's going to get any better with Ryan Finley I think that you're kidding yourself here so um, this 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 is going to be this is going to be a Ravens win this is actually going to be also another Ravens smash fest as well pretty glad that we were on the opposite sides here to get this trash pick of yours thrown out of the uh, thrown out of the contest I mean they only beat the Bengals by six at home last time they played so I, I don't know where you're getting this this bloodbath from but we, we, we shall see well, I mean, again, last we're, we're talking about last time things have things have completely changed here. One, a rookie a fourth round rookie quarterback under center and second, getting back to uh, getting one, getting back your best defender and two, getting uh, trading for another top defender in the league and three, being able to move one of your guys that's better in the uh, one corner that's better in the uh, on in the slot from the outside back into the slot to kind of man that area in the field as well. I mean, it's just a much better overall Ravens team here. Uh, as we sit heading into week 10 than it was even even a few weeks ago. Yeah, traveling on the road, I, I don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying, certainly, and the Ravens did look great last week, but I think this is a letdown spot uh, and a really good contest play. How many times have the Bengals scored 24 points in a game this year? Zero. I'll answer that for you. Zero. They're the only team in the league that hasn't that hasn't reached the 24 point mark in a game so far this year. They're not going to be able to score enough points to keep this game competitive. I just don't I don't see any way in the world that they're able to do that. Um, we will we will trash this. But holy mackerel, can't believe you would go. Uh, you would go. I mean, how, why can't you believe that? I picked the Broncos last week with Brandon Allen. Why wouldn't I take the why wouldn't I take the Bengals? Well, here? that was also a fraudulent. I mean, that, I mean, listen, you oh, should have learned your on. lesson that week, because when you come go back on. and shoot, you should not have been results oriented there. And you should have gone back and dug in and realized that that was actually probably the wrong side of that bet. Whenever when everything all plays out and you kind of dig through and how that game played out, you should have learned your lesson is what should have happened. I mean, seven yards per play. It's, it's, it's 
pretty good indicator that I was on the right side there. Yeah, out out. Thirty more plays run by thirty more plays run by the Browns. Seven, uh, won the turnover battle as well. I mean, just complete garbage play calling and decision making. Well, and I mean, that's part of it. That that that's part of my capping. You got Freddie Kitchens in the red zone. I mean, you can't expect to score a lot of points there. Okay, well then you know what? Then let's go right back here to to one of your picks, which is the Browns <laughs> this week. You're talking about how this guy doesn't know how to coach a team, and you're now taking the Browns against your Bills here. Browns minus three is one. Of the picks on your card, this has a lot more to do with the Bills being a fraud than the than, than the Browns being a good football team. I, this is a great matchup, I think, for Cleveland against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Uh, we know the Browns. The one thing that Browns can do is run straight with Nick Chubb, and they also get Kareem Hunt back in this game. Huge upgrade over Hilliard on passing downs and whenever Chubb needs a breather. Uh, the Bills are as fraud as it gets, and like, don't get me wrong, I love my guys. But this team is not worthy of six wins. Uh, the only two teams they've beaten, or the only teams they've played who have a pulse are the Pats and the Eagles. Lost both those games at home. Now they go on the road in bad weather conditions. And if they fall behind in this game with Josh Allen, I, I don't know how they are going to stay in this game. You can't, you can't just run straight with Frank Gore and, and Devin Singletary like they have the past few weeks. And, you know, Cleveland now has their their starting quarterbacks back with Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, and now it looks like Demarius Randall is back. I just don't see it. Too much talent on this Browns team for the Bills to overcome because there are mismatches all over the field. As bad as Freddie Kitchens is calling plays, I just think this is this is just too obvious for him to screw up, right? Just run the football. Bills 30th against the rush this season. Just take advantage there, and I think the Browns get out of here with a 7-10 to 10 point win. Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, I don't necessarily hate it. We'll certainly revisit this thing. I mean, there is a two and a half out there right now at FanDuel. It is juiced, though that thing is probably going to move to three, which is where this number is uh, for the contest right now. I definitely do agree with you that the Bills are the most fraudulent team in the league when it comes to just basically straight up looking at their at their record and where they sit right now. I mean, if you kind of take a look at the teams that they've beaten and then the teams they've lost to, they've beaten the worst of the worst in the NFL. And then the two teams with a pulse that they've played so far this year are the two losses that are on their schedule. Yeah, they're, they're not, they're not a very good football team. And I think they're going to be exposed this week. So let's take a look at one of the plays on my card here. And this is strictly, uh, I think we're just getting a really good number here. Uh, Chiefs at five and a half. I really, I mean, I jumped on this thing early in the week in a personal play whenever they opened this thing at three and a half. I, they really wanted to play Patrick Mahomes last week and they just couldn't. He wasn't quite there. So the announcement that came through earlier this morning on a Friday that he was going to start was no surprise to me whatsoever. This thing instantly moves. You can see it was even built into this line here that they thought that he was going to play despite the fact that it was kind of three and a halfs and fours that were sitting out there. As we look right now on your screen, if you're watching on video, already at DraftKings, this thing has already moved all the way to six and a half. Would not surprise me to see this thing go ahead and get to seven, maybe even through the seven, depending on how excited people get about Patrick Mahomes being back in the lineup here for this Chiefs team. I don't think you can understate how important this guy is to this offense, to a singular offense here. I mean, I understand that Matt Moore came in and and definitely uh, played admirably here, but you're talking about team in the you're talking about a team in the Chiefs here, six point six yards per play as opposed to five point two on the the Titan side of the ball here. You're looking at 
a team on third down conversions for this Titans team, only converting 33% of their third downs so far this season. Do you think that that is going to be enough to keep up with this Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes under center? You better be able to convert more than one out of every three of your third downs. You better stay on the field and keep them on the sidelines, this offense if you're going to be able to do that. One of the other things that we've seen in years past with this Titans defense was kind of that bend but don't break. This Titans defense is not good anymore, and I don't know what happened along the way. I don't know if they're running a different scheme than they were running, but it has been really, really average, mediocre, even bad as of late for this Titans team here. We're getting a full point of value, and like I said, maybe even more depending on how excited people get about Patrick Mahomes being back in the lineup here for this um, so for me, Chiefs here, I, I just feel like we're getting the better of the number, the much, much better team, far superior team here. And, uh, you know, again, another team that gave, had to give up on one mediocre quarterback to go to another mediocre quarterback. There's no real playmakers on this, on this Titans offense whatsoever. And certainly none that they're able to get any, uh, certainly none that they're able to get any production from uh, on a consistent basis through the wide through the wide receiver position here. I expect Derrick Henry will have a little bit of success on the ground, but this Chiefs defense has actually started to play better over the last three weeks as well. Getting Jones back on that defensive line was a real big boost to the Chiefs as well. So uh, Chiefs minus five and a half was on my card here, Brett. I didn't really know what to do with this. I figured it'd be popular in the contest, but it's difficult to ignore that line move through the key number. I mean, I feel like this is like, I mean, we said the same thing last week about the Vikings. We thought that would be a freebie and that kind of blew up in our face. So I, I hate falling into those traps, especially with with a chalk play, which this probably will be. But with Mahomes coming back, I... The Titans are tricky. I've been I've been I've been wrong about them in, in key spots before this year, so it's it's hard for me to get a read on this one. They have... That secondary can be good. They have pieces in that secondary that can be good, but it, it, you know, can they slow down Mahomes this week? I, I don't think so. So let's take a look here at your last play that made your card here. 49ers minus six as they travel on the road. I mean, uh, as they are home against this Seattle Seahawks team, this line now moved to six and a half. So you're on the right side of the movement here. Yeah, I think this is, uh, we talked about the Bills being a fraud team. I think the Seahawks are, are right underneath them. They've relied on too many improbable Russell Wilson plays to keep them in game so far this year. At some point, that is going to stop, and I, I can see it ending right here against the league's best pass defense. The Niners The Niners have a dominant formula for success. They grind their way out to a lead by by winning in the trenches and then forcing teams to beat them through the air, and that's where they are at their best. I think this line should be seven. I'm a little concerned about the George Kittle injury. It hasn't practiced yet this week. But so I that was going to be my very, that was actually going to be my question to you here, and I think that's something we probably shouldn't gloss over is how important George Kittle is to this offense here. And as you mentioned, we're sitting here as we taped this on Friday, did not practice again on Friday. Yeah, he is extremely important. I think the addition of Emmanuel Sanders takes a little pressure off him in the passing game. If, if, like, if he doesn't play and they don't have Sanders, I, who do they go to? The rest of that receiving core has been a disaster this year. But, um, you know, I still think there's a good chance he does play. That guy is a, a warrior. Uh, he f- somehow, I mean, that injury looked bad on Thursday night last week, and he just came right in and scored a touchdown and he put up a bunch of, you know, a, 
a pretty big line. Anyway, I think he still plays. And even if he doesn't, the, the Niners get a couple offensive linemen back this week. I think they're going to be fine just running the ball down on the ground and and, uh, and getting out of here with like a 10 point win. Yeah. So as far as a uh, as far as a, a play goes in the contest, I don't think we're going to get. I would l- actually like this better, maybe if Kittle had been ruled out, because I think at that point you are going to get people running like the wind from this uh, 49ers team here. And I mean, so here's the quote from Sh- from Shanahan, which actually doesn't sound all that great. He said, I mean, there's issues. He's got things in his knee and ankle. So we'll see. That doesn't sound too promising for me. No, it doesn't. But the thing with the thing with him is if he does play, I mean, even at like 40 percent, he's better than 95 <laughs> percent of the tight ends in the league right now. The guy is the guy is awesome. But it, it, it definitely is a concern. It's at the top of my notes, like something to watch for, certainly. But even still, I do like this spot against uh, an overvalued Seahawks team right now. So the last play, actually, I have two other ones that are that are on my card here. Uh, I have the Dolphins plus 10. This is a play here against what is going on with this Colts team. I don't care, Brett, that the line has moved now to 11 and a half, even 12 and a half over at FanDuel on the news that Jacoby Brissett is likely to play because you and I even talked about this uh, a little bit on the uh, on the podcast this past week was just the fact that I don't really know 100% that there's all that big a difference between Jacoby Brissett and Brian Hoyer at this point. I mean, Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer has a ton of NFL starts here and is a guy that was good enough to stay on that Patriots roster that they were, you know, should there ever have been a problem with Tom Brady, they were comfortable enough going to, to Brian Hoyer over there for this Patriots uh, team. And we know how, how much they value kind of that second quarterback as well. They hold on to those guys a ton and, um, and, and you kind of look at the way that this Dolphins team has been playing under Ryan Fitzpatrick and man, they there's sh- there's signs of life here. They're pushing the ball down the field. He's kind of gunslinging out there. And yeah, he's going to make his mistakes for sure. But we're talking about 10 points that we have to work with here with this Dolphins team against a Colts defense that kind of like the Packers defense, you and I were much higher on at the beginning of the season than I think we are at this point in the season. We've seen these teams that were playing very well, both both the Colts and the Packers as well. Uh, I think this is applicable to them if you're looking to play that game in, in some way, shape, or form. But that were really that were really really good, kind of that first month of the season, and have steady deteriorated over the rest of the over the course of the rest of the weeks of the season here as we enter Week Ten. Nowhere near as productive as they were towards the beginning of the season. So uh, for me, I think that this is maybe it's a contrarian play. I don't know. Maybe there will be people who are back in the Dolphins uh, th- this week in this contest anyway, with uh, thinking maybe along the same lines I was that, that maybe that they don't really care all that much that the Brissett's not going to, that the Brissett's probably going to be under center there for this Colts team. But uh, I, I mean, look, Preston Williams getting uh, going down to the IR is certainly a little bit concerning here. But weirdly enough, the Dolphins have some pretty decent depth as far as uh, receivers that have played a lot in the league. They have Alan Hearns. They have Albert Wilson. And then, of course, they still have Devontae Parker. You have Jasicki at tight end who has, hasn't really panned out to date, but is one of the most athletic, at least, you know, athletic tight ends in the league. He hasn't really, that hasn't really turned into production on the field, but uh, super athletic for him. So I still think there's plenty of targets for Fitzpatrick to to go to here. And I don't, man, I just feel like uh, getting to double digits here in 10 points is just too much for this uh, for this game. 
have I have a little hard time getting behind a, a Dolphins team that not only won last week but has been covering is kind of a public darling for several weeks now. I didn't have a strong lean on this game. I picked Colts, but it's near the bottom uh, of my card because ten is a lot of points to cover for this offense, and I mean, it's 12 now. I, I, that's that's crazy to me. Uh, that said, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick. The man is a maniac in negative script, so this one could go either way. I would like, I would not be shocked if this comes, if this goes down to the wire, or the Colts win by 20 because uh, <laughs> of, of Fitzpatrick pick six, or two. Uh, so, I, I kind of threw this one away. I get it, though. And, and as far as, the, like, a contrarian play, it probably will be uh, lesser picked now that the line is moving in favor of the Colts. So, that is kind of interesting. And my other one here is uh, Cowboys minus three at home against this Vikings team. No Adam Thielen for this Vikings team. And I think what we've seen and we uh, I think when we saw this last week and we've actually seen this uh, another couple of times as well, Brett, when this Vikings team doesn't have that dual threat and really the only weapon out there is Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is very is good. He's a good wide receiver. He's very good. He is not a Mike Evans. He is not uh, a Michael Thomas. He's not one of these dudes that is matchup proof and can just get open no matter what. We have seen Stephon Diggs when Adam Thielen isn't on the field get bottled up time after time. And I think that this Cowboys team, with the way that they're able to, you know, secondary, I think they're going to be able to bottle him up as well. And basically, it's going to become a a one-dimensional team in Kirk Cousins trying to force balls that he probably shouldn't to Stephon Diggs. And then now your backups here are Laquan Treadwell and B.C. Johnson and whatever here and Kyle Rudolph who's kind of out there just dad running down the field and whatnot and then so Dalvin Cook has to get it done all by himself and that didn't work out last week and I imagine that's not going to work out again this week as well this Cowboys offense strangely enough and I'm sure that you have seen this as well one of the top offensive teams DVOA in the entire NFL kind of surprised me with how high that this team is actually ranked uh, you know by the guys over at Football Outsiders, really, really do like this offense a ton here. This uh, Vikings defense, another one of those defenses that I think is living off the reputation of last year and not so much this year. Teams have gotten after this Vikings defense this year. This is not that impenetrable secondary we saw before. It's certainly not this lockdown corner situation anymore with Xavier Rhodes. He's more of just kind of the middle of the pack type guy here. Um, Dallas Cowboys at home and only a field goal because in the contest, again, this line is probably going to move off this three to three and a half. You can see it's juiced already at DraftKings, at FanDuel, and uh, over here at Sugar House as well. So this thing is probably headed to three and a half pretty soon. We're getting it at three against a Vikings team that, again, without Adam Thielen out there, I think it really, really, really diminishes what they're able to do offensively. And uh, we only got to win this game by a field goal, Brett. Yeah, let's uh, let's add this one to the card. I like the Cowboys as well. It fell just outside my top five. Fully agree. This Minnesota defense is extremely overrated. They've been carved up the past four weeks. I think the Cowboys can can do the same. Hopefully, we get Amari Cooper at, at least like seventy five percent. I know he's dealing with a a foot thing. He's going to be a key in them balancing this offense the way they have all season long. This is like, I think this is the number one passing success rate team in the NFL right now, which is wild. And they did that without their two tackles for several weeks, mm-hmm. which it's pretty amazing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys are a better team, and I think this line should be like three and a half or four. 
So I was playing a little bit of possum with you. Uh, we can go ahead and add Browns minus three. It was actually sixth on my card. I was just trying to give you a hard time about your bills and everything. I, I, it was a funny transition. I, I will say, I was just you know dumping on them and then kind of leading into them as one of my favorite plays of the week was, was yeah, pretty good. It uh, it, it, it was. Uh, I mean, look, I looked into this a little bit further, and I hate backing the bill, Browns. I really do. I hate it. It's gross. The it, complete incompetency on the sidelines and it will probably end up costing us this week as well in 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 this in this contest in this pick but you look at this Browns team by metrics I mean if there were if there wasn't so much so much dunce plays and dunce uh, decisions being made on the sideline here this Browns team would have at least two more wins for sure if not more and this Bills team as we mentioned has really just beat up on the bottom feeders and then the two teams with a pulse that they played so far this year are the two teams that they have lost to as well. I mean, for me, I think that this is a pretty solid play here whenever we kind of look. I mean, more yards per play for Cleveland than than it comes to, than uh for Buffalo. The uh, Cleveland Browns actually pretty decent when it comes to, uh, you know, actually pretty decent on the defensive side of the ball. It, all things considered, uh, certainly not a defense that has been uh, playing up to what we kind of thought maybe they could be. But again, they also spent the majority of this season without their two top starting corners as well. So both of those guys kind of rounding back into form, getting back into the swing of things as well. And, and, and basically, just as you mentioned here, I mean, this Bills team, I think, has been getting by a little bit on smoke and mirrors. So Browns minus three, I'm perfectly fine with here on making the card. And, and like you said, I think that this could be maybe kind of a get right spot here for this Browns team that has just really and truly kind of shat the bed uh, multiple times so far this season and, and robbed themselves of wins. You'd think it's going to happen in one of these weeks, right? They're going to have to pull it together at some point. There's just way too much talent on this team at every level. I mean, every position they've got talent. So as bad as Freddie is, I think I think this this is a pretty good spot for them to, to turn it around. So let's talk about one of these other games that we didn't talk about before we move on and see if this if it's anything we're interested in, because I do think this is going to be uh, a game people kind of take a hard look at here. And that is that Packers Panthers game five and a half Packers uh, Panthers catching five and a half on the road at the Packers. And I think that there is let's play both sides of the coin here and see, because this is. There are going to be people who say, okay, this is the get right situation for this Packers team. You come in here with this Panthers defense that is super, super leaky through the rush game. You have two different running backs that you rely on in Jones and Williams here. Okay, this is a bounce back get right spot for the Packers after really and truly showing the worst side of themselves over in L.A. against the Chargers. And then on the other side, you look at this Panthers team and you kind of say, well, McCaffrey's proven to be matchup proof. He's going to get his no matter what. You do have two receivers in Moore and Samuel with Allen now knowing that this team is his likely for the rest of this season here. So there's no looking over your shoulder for Cam Newton anymore. Hey, boy, this is your team. This is your you, you go rally the troops here. You're not having to worry about getting your job taken away from you. Two pretty talented receivers. Yeah, Greg Olson's old and lumbering, but he's still able to kind of find his way to get open in these. Uh, he just kind of goes and finds a spot and settles down and, and gets those little seven yard gains when you need them from him. So five and a half kind of seems like a lot of points as well. So if you try to make the case for both sides here, you can almost talk yourself in, in into both sides. Absolutely. And this would be a spot I'd normally like, hop on the Packers. They, they were the worst 
Like, which team looked the worst last week? It was probably Green Bay. And there are you know, rumors about why that was. Maybe the team was out late on Saturday night. Who knows? But uh, normally this would be a spot I'd like the Packers. But I I think the Panthers are better than people think. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the game, the game against the 49ers where they got absolutely steamrolled uh, reduced their public perception a little bit. I, I like this team a lot coming into the season. I don't think the Packers are that much better than the Panthers. So I feel like this might be uh, like a half a point or a point off. Uh, so I was, I capped this, I think at four and a half or five. So that's how, that's how I saw it. I think this Carolina defense is extremely talented. Uh, they, you know, they can get beat in the secondary, but this, you know, Aaron Rodgers did not look good last week and Devonte Adams was not himself either. So I'm not all that terrified of them carving up the Panthers. So uh, I went, I went Carolina here. I didn't love it. It was in the middle of my card. Where'd you have it? It was ninth. So yeah, kind of not really, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, the line has moved to five at DraftKings points bet and uh, at Sugar House still sitting at five and a half over at uh, FanDuel right now. So, um, you know, there it has been some money coming in a little bit on, on the Panthers as well here. Um, okay, so looking at looking at your at your card, I hard for me. I know with this, I don't know. I I just value so incredibly much what George Kittle brings to this 49ers offense because you just don't have those type of dynamic playmakers just kind of come come along very often, and especially when you look at how much Jimmy G relies on him through the air. I do know Emmanuel Sanders now is there and at least gives them a secondary option here. I don't know. I just have a tough time with the Kittle situation being up in the air and us having to make a play on this before the official news comes down. Um, I guess I just wouldn't feel real comfortable going there. Yep, that's fair. Uh, I mean, Kittle is uh, he's their best player, so I, I I don't blame you for for being hesitant there. What else? What else do we have here? So We've you got... didn't like Dolphins plus ten at all. So we can we can get rid of that. Yeah. Um. Where do we sit on the Chiefs five and a half here? I, I mean, I understand the whole, you know, chalk situation and whatnot, but it's free points. I, I totally get that. Uh, what is Mahomes going to look like in his first game back? I guess that's a concern, but what what should this line really be? I think it's moving. It's, it's moving there. So, yeah, uh, I think what and I really do believe, I mean, I think we're probably in a scenario where if there was no doubt as to the health of Mahomes, that this thing would be on the other side of seven, right? Yeah, I think so too. Like if there was, if we just, if we knew for sure, and especially the, the big time betters out there knew for sure that Mahomes was, you know, pretty close to, he's not a hundred percent. We know that for sure. Like we're, we're not going to sit here and be crazy and say like, Oh, he's fully back. But you know, if even he was, even if we knew he was 85, 90%, I think you'd see this thing on the other side of seven. Still, as we sit right now at six and a half for a contest play, we're getting it at five and a half. Um, I don't really have any interest in the Bears Lions game whatsoever. I don't know no, if you have either. an opinion on it. That's really the only other one that's out there. I don't think we have an opinion on the Saints and Falcons game either, though I guess if I had to, I'd probably lay the wood with the Saints just because <laughs> they've looked so freaking good and the Falcons have I looked so the, freaking yeah, bad. I did, but um, I did you the know, same. I don't know. What do you think? I, I did the same, but I, it, that one's near the bottom of my card because both teams coming off a bye. I don't, I don't see any reason to even like bother with that one. I, I would say, I would say Chiefs. I, you know, we've got some, we've got some contrarian plays around them, so I don't, I don't mind eating some chalk this week. I, I think that's probably the safest way to go. All right, 
So let's do it to it. We had an all dog card. And now we're going to go to a semi all favorite <laughs> card here. Bucks four and a half. I uh, think we're going to be I, I think we're going to be kind of I'm not going to say alone on that, but I think that the Cardinals as four and a half point dogs are going to be a pretty pretty popular play here i think people yeah. are enamored and, and as they should be this team has gotten much much better over the course of the season and certainly with kyler murray and all of these young receivers and and, and whatnot and, and now this plethora of talent at, at, at running back and I, I get all of that but uh, i do believe that the bucks are are being undervalued here so at four and a, at the bucks is a favorite of four and a half i think is going to be a pretty uh pretty good play for us here especially if it comes through Steelers at three and a half probably likely to be on the other side of that for uh for than a lot of the people I think under under four uh Rams three and a half for uh Rams at three and a half certainly going to be a pretty popular play as well yeah uh Cowboys at at three here Browns at three I think people are going to be very hesitant about backing the Browns I mean it's just they've burned so many people so many times this year I've even seen things of people trying to say like, yeah, never again type situations. I know that they really aren't going to go that way, but I do think people are going to be hesitant to back the Browns here. And then the Chiefs, you know, might be popular, but hey, look, a win is a win. We, we need all the points we can get. And so, uh, you know, if it comes through, it doesn't really matter, you know? It's a short slate, too. We only have 12 games to pick from. So, I mean, we're kind of left with this. You know, we didn't have any strong leans on any other games. So, this, I think this is the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah, and if it was, if it, you know, if the Chargers-Raiders game wouldn't have been a Thursday night, we'd at least gotten that one right because we both yep. were on the we were both on the Raiders at a point and a half. But uh, that's unfortunate, that, that the way that that works out. So, we weren't able to put that on the card here. So, I think we're getting kind of the best of what we have to, to choose from here. So, I uh, feel pretty good about that. Uh, I mean, I, we, we kind of skipped over, like I said, but you, you don't have a strong opinion on the on the Browns-Lions, right? Uh, Bears-Lions, no. I mean, yeah, Bears-Lions. Yeah, I do not. Yeah, yeah, I, me, me neither, so I don't have any. That, that doesn't make my uh, my card at all. Guys, as always, head over to thelines.com. Just hover over the odds tab here. You'll be able to come and you'll see uh, if you are if you're watching on video, if you're listening, just go and you'll be able to get all of the lines from Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, West Virginia. We're going to keep adding all that stuff and more books all the time here. So uh, also really great offers as well. If you need to sign up at any of these books in Pennsylvania or Indiana or West Virginia, whatever it might be, uh, come and take advantage of these deals that we have where you get free money or risk-free bets or, you know, or deposit match bonuses up to, you know, X amount and all those things. It's a, uh, it's, it's a way that you can actually get some advantage over the sports book. And we know we very few advantages over the sports book, Brett. So being able to take <laughs> these advantages, the free money, the risk-free bets, the match offers, all of those, you have to take advantage of these whenever they put these things out there. Yeah, and not only that, you can try these different books out, see what you feel comfortable with, see what, I mean, you know, different books have, they offer different things, points, but very different uh, offerings than what some of these other books have. So uh, I think it's, you know, it's worth it to, to take advantage of the offers and, well, you know, also uh, line shopping and, and seeing what these other uh, sports betting apps look like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, appreciate you guys watching. As always, please subscribe to the channel. Please like the video. Please let us know in the comments how, what games you're going to play this week, what you are leaning to, and how you are going about it. But one last time here, Bucks, Steelers, Cowboys, Browns, Chiefs going to make our circuit card this week. Good luck to you guys here in Week 10. We'll see you back here for Sunday Night Football.